0: Gospel Broadcast, Radio Ministry of the West Bay Wesleyan Holiness Church, here on 150 Northwest Point, uh, West Bay in Grand Cayman. This is your Gospel Ace Broadcast coming to you from the West Bay Wesleyan Holiness Church. I'm your host, Ed Gibson, saying it's glad to have you join us again this week. Some of you have been with us every week, but we thank you for taking the time out to be with us again today. I trust that this program will be of enlightenment and blessing and encouragement to you as you listen. We want to extend also a hearty welcome to all of you who are listening to us around the world on your um, electronic devices. We trust that you will also receive a similar blessing and that this will be of an encouragement to you as you make your journey through life this week. We want to also invite you to visit with us here at the Resident Holiness Church in West Bay of Grand Cayman. If you're on island vacationing or you just want to find somewhere, place to go, um, to come and be with us, we would like to let you know that our services on Sundays, um, 9.45 is our Sunday school. 11 a.m. is our worship service. 6 p.m. evangelistic service with midweek service on Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. and youth meeting on Friday at 7.30 p.m. We want to encourage you to bring your families and just become part of our ministry here and we look forward to sharing with you and you will see whatever blessings the Lord had in store for you. We would like to also give you some dates to remember. Next Sunday is Palm Sunday, and at 11 a.m. we have a special service involving our children and, um, and the choir, and we look forward to you coming and sharing in that service with us. That's 11 a.m. And next Sunday morning. And then our Easter convention starts on the 12th of April and concludes on the 16th of April with our guest speaker, the Reverend John Parker, in each service. We also have evening services at 7.30 p.m., and then our Sunday services are 11 a.m. and 6 p.m., and that will be Easter Sunday. We do have special times together on this Easter convention, and we trust that you will come and share in these times together with uh, music, singing, and the word that the Lord has sent, especially for us, and I trust that you'll be here. Pastor Wallach is going to speak to us today on the condemnation of the king. You have your Bibles. You want to turn to Matthew chapter 26, verses 57 through 67. We also would like you to know that they can be reached. and Pastor Wallach and Pastor Dickerson, they can be reached at 345-949-3394 or 345-916-5458. Or why not write to us at the Gospel Lights broadcast post office box 346 West Bay Grand Cayman, KY1-1301 in West Bay, Grand Cayman of the Cayman Islands. God bless you now as we uh, provide you with a beautiful song. You can sing along uh, with our, our congregation here at West Bay.
1: Study the great sacrifice Jesus made and the penalty he accepted of bearing our sins. We're reading from Matthew chapter 26, beginning with verse 57. And those who had laid hold of Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him at a distance to the high priest's courtyard, and he went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Now the chief priests and the elders and all the council sought false testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. Even though many false witnesses came forward, they found none. But at last two false witnesses came forward and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. And the high priest arose and said to him, Do you answer nothing? What is it these men testify against you? But Jesus kept silent. And the high priest answered and said to him, I put you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, It is as you said. Nonetheless, I say to you, Hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy." What further need do we have of witnesses? Look now, you have heard his blasphemy. What do you think? They answered and said, He is deserving of death. Then they spat in his face and beat him, and others struck him, Jesus, with the palms of their hands. Now this scripture lesson describes in detail the trial of the Lord Jesus before the Jewish Supreme Court called the Sanhedrin. It, It was this capture after Jesus was taken in the Garden of Gethsemane that paved the way for his subsequent trial and conviction before Pontius Pilate. This was the means, as far as the Jews were concerned, in getting rid of Jesus of Nazareth. And as we enter this sacred time of the year, a time when we all should stop to contemplate the death and burial and resurrection and ascension of our Lord, this is a good time for us to reflect on what Jesus endured for us in order that he might redeem us. From our sins. Today, we want to ponder on the subject of the condemnation of the King. The last night our Lord lived here on the earth before the crucifixion was a night filled with many events. Jesus partook of the Passover meal with his disciples in an upper room. He taught them many truths concerning himself, the Holy Spirit, and the relationship that they should have with him. And after Jesus and his disciples left the upper room where they had observed that meal, Jesus led them out to Gethsemane where he prayed for all his followers, including you and me today. After he finished praying, a mob led by Judas Iscariot, the traitor, came to arrest Jesus. But even in his arrest in the garden, he displayed the great power that was his as the Son of God. For John chapter 18 and verses 2 through 6 tells us, And Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place. For Jesus often met there talking about the Garden of Gethsemane, with his disciples. Then Judas, having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Whom are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he, and Judas who betrayed him also stood with them. Now when Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. That means these soldiers, these armed men of of this detachment, of these troops, of these officers, Fell to the ground. Now we see the king arraigned. After Jesus is arrested, he is taken to the home of Annas, the father in law of the high priest. Then he was taken to the home of the high priest Caiaphas. They arranged for a trial of Jesus to be held in a private setting to conceal the illegal trial they were going to hold from the people. So they held it in a private setting. Now we're told that the scribes and the elders were already assembled. This proceeding had been planned in advance of the arrest of Jesus. And all the people necessary were already present when the troops and this mob arrived with Jesus. The term scribes and elders refers to the Sanhedrin. It was comprised of 71 men presiding over uh, this judicial uh, act and led by the high priest. This would be the Jewish equivalent to what i can think of as the supreme court of the united states and jesus is arrested and immediately arraigned before the highest court in the land the trial of jesus was plagued by many illegal things that went on for instance The Sanhedrin was designed to save life, not to take it yet. These men, these 71, have gathered for the sole purpose of putting Jesus to death. This trial was conducted at night, but the law specified that any trials were to be held during the day. The law said the accused was allowed to call witnesses in his defense. Jesus was wasn't given the privilege of calling a single witness. The law said that the Sanhedrin was to judge the case, not prosecute it. But in the trial of Jesus, they assumed both roles as prosecutor and judge. The law said that if any witnesses were found to have given false testimony before the court, they were to be given the same punishment before the one that was sought Was accused. The law said that if the death penalty was being sought, the Sanhedrin was required to observe a three day waiting period of prayer and fasting before the judgment was rendered upon the victim. But Jesus was tried, convicted, and put to death before even a 24 hour period passed. The law said the Sanhedrin could not condemn anyone to death on a unanimous vote. A unanimous vote for condemnation suggested that the element of mercy wasn't extended, and yet Jesus was condemned by all of them. The law said that trials were only to be held within the temple. Well, this wasn't true. It was held in a private place. The law said that it was illegal to bribe a witness to give false testimony. The law said it was against the law to force a prisoner to testify against himself. And yet they forced Jesus, or tried to. The law said it was against the law to use a prisoner's confession. Now, there are more errors that could be pointed out here. But these are enough to demonstrate that the fact That Jesus did not receive a fair trial, but he was convicted by a kangaroo court. Secondly, we see that the king was accused. This trial, as we've already demonstrated, was not a fair trial. Jesus was already convicted before he ever entered the room. This wasn't a court of law. It was a lynch mob. These men were out for blood, and they got it. As the trial progressed, the Jews sought for people to testify against Jesus. They found many willing to give false testimony, but evidently their testimonies didn't agree enough with one another, which was required under the law for a conviction, as can be seen in Deuteronomy chapter 17 and verse 6. Finally, finally, two men came forward who agreed in their statements against Jesus. They twisted his own words and accused him of speaking against the Holy Temple in Jerusalem, the building. You see, under Jewish law, this was blasphemy, and it was punishable by death, as can be seen in Leviticus chapter 24, verses 14 through 16. But of course, Jesus wasn't speaking about the building of the temple in Jerusalem, but he was speaking about his own body that would be nailed to a cross and raised in three days. And we read about it in John chapter 2 and verses 19 through 21. Jesus' words were simply taken out of context and twisted when he said that that the temple, his body, would be torn down and then would rise again in three days. But these evil accusers were looking for any excuse to put Jesus to death. But then, when Jesus was pressed by the high priest to answer the allegations, he remained silent. And that silence fulfilled a prophecy that was given some 700 years prior to that by the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 7. That verse says that he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Here, the prophet Isaiah prophesies that the one, this sacrificial lamb, would not open his mouth in his defense. However, when the high priest said, I adjure thee by the living God, this put Jesus under oath and compelled him to answer, and answer he did. He boldly proclaimed his identity as the Son of God, and he further proclaimed his own resurrection, exaltation, and return to rule and reign on the earth. Just imagine the scene. Here stands a man covered in blood. He's weary from being up all night. He looks totally helpless. He talks about being on a throne. He talks about his own glory. He identifies himself as the son of God and claims that there's coming a day when he's going to rule the world. Those claims must have sounded ridiculous to those who heard them. And yet they were 100% true. Friend, don't be mistaken. Don't allow the enemy to make you think that The things in scripture are not going to happen. The claims of Jesus to be the only way to God may sound foolish to modern ears, but it does not change the fact that he is who he says he is, and he is the only way anyone in the world will ever see God. For he said, I am the way. The truth and the life. No one, no one comes to the Father but by me. And then in verses 67 and 68, we see the king abused. The accusation has been made, the testimony has been given, and the verdict has been rendered. It was pathetic what they did to Jesus. They spit on him, they punched him, they hit him, they slapped him, they mocked him, all of them religious men, soldiers, and those in the crowd. What a brutal scene. Imagine the blood beginning to flow as they beat his face. Imagine his face beginning to swell as they brutally uh, uh, hit hit him and beat him. Imagine his blood on the fingers of, of these men. I can only imagine the people that had nightmares after this trying to wash off the blood of their of their hands in the middle of the night and wake up and their hands waking against the sheets no doubt there were blood stains on people's clothes that would never be washed out but friend remember all his suffering was for you and for me because he loved us so we hear on the news of brutality all the time And we only imagine the awful and despicableness of all of that. But back here in the Bible, there were horrible things happening as well. When the maker of the earth was attacked by angry angry and vicious people, his tormentors would would have nothing less than to treat him with torment and rejection and humiliation. And yet Jesus returned his love. The songwriter said that god should love a sinner such as i should yearn to change my sorrow into bliss nor rest till he had planned to bring me nigh to bring me near him how wonderful is love like this and as they beat him they demanded that he identify those doing the beating they said prophesy to us thou christ how did they think that he could prophesy to them if he wasn't divine they're saying exactly that he is divine when they ask him to prophesy. Who is hitting you? Who is tormenting you? And so Jesus endured the suffering as the king for us. This condemnation of the king was sad, but it was productive. The trial, the abuse followed was Horrible beyond description, but it was also glorious, for it was that precious, sacrificial lamb on the cross of Calvary that demonstrated the love of God for all of lost humanity. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 says, But God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Did you know that the question they asked that night is still valid today? Who is listening to me right now? Who is guilty of smiting the Lord Jesus? When they ask, who hit you? That question is still being asked. You say, I would never spit on Jesus, pastor. I would never hit him. I would never reject him. But friend... If you reject his offer of free salvation, then you are essentially telling him you have no part of him. Who have you been rejected by a lover? How did that make you feel? Didn't it make you have low self-esteem? Didn't it make you feel wounded? Didn't you feel all alone? Didn't you feel rejected? Of course you felt all those things. And so did Jesus Christ. He was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was put upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Thank God for the events that led to the cross, for it was there that our redemption price was paid. I would just remind you today that what Jesus suffered that night, he suffered just for you. He went through it all just so you and I might be saved and so we might escape hell when we die. Listen, friends, when we were born, we were set on a road toward hell. That's all there is to it. I know that's plain, but it's so and you and i had no way of escape if jesus would not have stepped in and become our sacrifice here is the question that you must answer since the bible says that jesus died for your sins and since the bible also says that he is the only way to god have you admitted to jesus that you need his sacrificial forgiveness and the redemption that he provided for you through all the suffering he endured? If you aren't saved, I beg you to come to Jesus. He will save you. He will come and forgive you if you will only call upon him. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I know you are the King of glory, and I thank you Thank you for suffering for me, and thank you for suffering for everyone that is listening today. You suffered in our place. And you provided a way of escape for us with the provision you made as our Redeemer on Calvary's cross. Lord Jesus, out of my bondage, sorrow, and night, Jesus, I come. Jesus, I come. Into thy freedom of gladness and light, Jesus, I come to thee. Out of the depths of ruin untold, into the peace of thy sheltering fold, ever thy glorious face to behold Jesus. I come to thee. Thank you, Lord Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer today, let us hear from you at Gospel Light Broadcast. Thank you for listening. God bless.